Jenny Walsh joins us now to talk this ongoing Women's Big Bash and maybe a little bit of World T20 as well. Good morning, Jenny. G'day, guys. How are you this morning? Very well. Nice to chat to you. Uh, nice to be chatting some cricket, but unfortunately around the country, the weather's not playing along at the minute. There have been some no results and even one here in Perth last weekend. No. Do you know how many of the players commented to me, but you come to Perth and it's never supposed to rain? And I said, well, the thing is, we usually get this weekend of rain around round one in Premier Cricket, and we didn't get it. It was delayed by a month, so of course. We look bad across the rest of Australia when we're the ones that usually have the sunshine. So, I don't know. The weather is going to play havoc this cricket season yet again, I think. You're right. Uh, but it hasn't rained on the Scorchers' start to their defence. They've won three of their first five games. A couple of close games in there. But um, what have you seen from the reigning champs that's impressed you so far? Oh, I think... Um the jury's a little bit out based on the way they played at home. But, I mean, they were so dominant in their first two games at Blacktown. Uh, they, you know, taking care of the Thunder and the Hurricane, quite simply. And, and I think when we only, you know, when we chase runs and we get it only a couple down, we look really good. I think our bowling attack still looks very solid. But um, we still show, and every team has this, that if you get through those top two marquee-style batters, Every team has a little bit of a question mark, and, and as does um, the Scorchers for mine. You know, when, you, when we do lose Devine and, and Mooney cheaply, we're not entirely sure of, of our, our, the rest of our order. You know, Maddie Green's been bought in. She's done some okay things, but hasn't set the world on fire. Paparo at number three, yet to really fire. Uh, yeah, so we're just sort of trying to find that right balance. So I think it, we knew it would be, but I think Heather Graham has proved to be a, a pretty big loss balance-wise to our batting order and then our bowling attack. But, look, Neil Peschel, she had a great start at the whack-up. Then she did her thumb. So, you know, another injury to contend with. Um, yeah, I don't know. Alana King didn't take wickets over in Perth, but I love her energy. I love what she does, ball and bat in hand. There's, there's plenty of highlights. I think they would have gone away from their Perth weekend and gone, right, we've, we've erred a little here by not being as dominant as we should be. And so that actually excites me for this weekend coming of action for them on Friday and Saturday. I think this statement's going to be made. Um, we, we look down the bottom there, seventh and eighth, we see the two Melbourne sides. I know they've got a couple of games in hand, but are you surprised to see their slow starts or where were they expected to be? Yeah, I, I'm not really surprised by the stars, Clarky. I think um, they <laughs> they lost too many stars. Yep. Uh, in Villani, obviously Lanning being missing. They've just got a really... They have got a really young side. You know, Lauren Winfield-Hill um, is probably their most experienced in bringing, and she's the in, international. I mean, they're captained by Nicole Fulton, who's only 22, but exceptionally impressive, one I've heard her speak. Very, very impressed by her. They've actually had really close losses, which is almost worse. <laughs> yeah, they almost upset the Scorchers, if you think back. Um, they, they had plenty of almost games so far already for them, but I do expect them to sort of struggle and be at the bottom of the table. The Renegades, they, they, to me, I still think they'll miss the top four this year, but I still think they'll creep up a couple of places. They, they are better than, than second last. Jenny, uh, what about the quality of the pitches so far in the competition? Particularly at Blacktown, those early games, the pitch was criticised for lack of pace and lack of ability for big scores to be posted. Uh, are the pitches good enough for this format of the game? Well, I think we've already got the answer with Blacktown in that they've moved the games over to North Sydney Oval. So um, it just doesn't bring the ability to bring the entertaining cricket. And, I mean, it's one of those moments where if, you, if that was the first WBBL game you switched on to, it was at Blacktown and it was 
109, you know, trying to defend 109 and the other team scraping along to 110 to win, you're probably not coming back. And I think that's the, the thing we've got to remember when we look at where these games are getting fixtured. I'm a, I'm a cricket tragic and I always follow the women's game. So I watch those games and I see a different challenge in there. I, I enjoy watching the players have to work their way through a lower, slower wicket and I see the different bowling come into it and the different batting. But from a pure entertainment perspective, which is what both the big bash men's and women's is supposed to be about, it's not the right location for them, I don't think. What about uh, Brisbane Heat? Are they the side to beat? Oh, on their day. <laughs> on their day, they can destroy anyone, can't they? Look at their, their batting lineup, and they've got a good, a good decent bowling lineup. But you saw yesterday against the Strikers, you know, what were they, four for seven or something within a blink of the eye, and, and that can happen to them quite easily as well. So uh, I have them sitting in the top four for me, and obviously a huge threat to any team that they come against. But I'm still not sold on their consistency. I guess that's the issue as the tournament goes on. Who can stay the most consistent for the longest? And that's probably where we look at the Scorchers and see they've got a bit more upside, Jenny. That They're not playing their best cricket. They didn't play their best cricket at home, yet they're still second and with so much upside in their cricket. The exciting thing is that I think that they would have looked at each other and gone, we, we aren't playing our best cricket, so we need to switch gears and get going. Um, and they're sitting second. So I, I think, yeah, there's still a lot to come. I mean, I think the Sixers have been pretty impressive considering where they've been the last couple of years. I like their recruitment of Susie Bates and Sophie Eccleston added in there. I like the, the chemistry that seems to be there between Bates and Perry when they're batting as well. So I, I've got them sliding back into the top four. Um, and then I've got the strikers rounding out my top four. And you look at the strikers, their strength is their bowling lineup. When you look at Shoot, Grass and Wellington, for example, coming in and Darcy Brown, sorry. So four you know, probably can play all in the Australian team by Wellington being held out by um, by Alana King. And then they have got some batting, but their bowling is their strength. Whereas, like, say, the heat, their batting and their power, batting is their, their strength. So, yeah, I probably have the strikers as the other team to straight, which is who the Scorchers play today. So, um, that's exciting. Yeah, back to back games uh, for the Scorchers today and tomorrow. They're at Allen Borderfield uh, to play against the strikers a little bit later on today. Uh, Jenny, big period of change in Australian cricket. Uh, Matthew Mott has departed the coach. Uh, he's taken up a role with England's men's white ball setup. Uh, Shelley Nitschke takes over as the head coach, but Rachel Haynes has announced her retirement. We know that Meg Lanning's taking a break from the game at the moment, so Alyssa Healy is the vice-captain. Uh, what do you make of Australian cricket and this little period of transformation out of the Commonwealth Games gold earlier in the year? I think we thought it was going to come. I don't think any of us saw Lanning um, needing, needing a break. I think you can reflect and go, oh, not surprised, actually, when you look back at how long she has just been continually on the go and having to perform uh, elitely on and off the field. You know, she's been playing for Australia since she's 17, I think, captaining since she's 22 or something like that. So um, uh, hopefully we haven't lost to the game. That's all I've got fingers and toes crossed for. Rachel Haynes, not surprised by it. Um, so we knew there'd be a, a bit of a leadership shuffle. I'm, I'm pleased for Healy that she's been selected as the vice-captain, which I think we'll see her captain the, the most recent um, series coming up for Australia. I think she'll move up. And maybe someone like Talia McGrath will get the nod to go up to vice-captain. So we'll see a bit of a, a hint to the future as well. I, I think this team has done everything they can do. And now we have a, a moment of transition. And, yep, we might see some, some results. Maybe not go the way that we're used to seeing, but I still do think our depth in Australia is just so strong. 
it's more about finding their rhythm as a group again and as a, as a new coaching staff. And I don't think it'll take them long to, to get to that. They're too good and there's too, too many people just outside of our best 11 that can step in at any time. Keepers make very good vice captains, don't they, Jenny? Behind the stumps, best view in the house? Great view. Perfect view. <laughs> but Healy's shown that she's a very good captain. She's captained now the New South Wales Breakers for, for many, many years. So I don't think um, you know, being having the gloves on and being locked behind the stumps is going to be an issue for her. Uh, I think it's an exciting point for her cricket because you've got to think she's another player that is probably heading towards, what do we say, that the twilight of their career, I suppose. And this might just add a little bit of a, another re-energising challenge for her cricket-wise. She seems to be someone that needs to meet a challenge. And while she's always been a bit of a jokester and a prank, prankster, you saw when she got the breakers captaincy as well, you saw this other side to her, a, a mature side and a, a genuinely caring about her cricket and her teammates' side. And I think um, the Australian public will see more of Healy that they like with her being um, vice-captain or captain. One last one on the Australian setup is Is Elise Perry still a first-choice player in all forms of the game for Australia now? Uh, well, great question. I mean, she wasn't with the T20, was she, um, throughout the Commonwealth Games? But we've seen a different side to her with Sydney Sixers again. Uh, her strike rate's up. Her um, enthusiasm with the bat and with the ball in hand is back. I think I, I was really excited to see Charlotte Edwards appointed as the Sydney Sixers skipper, um, coach, I should say. I thought that, that she would... Her natural enthusiasm would just be contagious across players like Perry, and I think we're seeing that. Um, again, another player that strives off the challenge, so she might force her way back into the T20 side. If she doesn't, because we have a bunch of youth that we want to bring through and that's the, that's the area, that's the question. Because I think in Australian men's, we maybe use T20 more as a way to, to bring other players through, whereas in the women's game, it is probably a pinnacle format. So... You want to pick your best 11. Um, she's putting herself back close to it, thanks to recent form. But, um, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. She maybe doesn't naturally walk into our, our three starting sides at the moment. She probably walks into two of the three with a, a very close option for the T20. Um, you mentioned the men's, uh, the World Cup going on. Can you pick a winner? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what about you? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's... I, I'm, that result the other night, the Ireland beating England has helped us no end. It keeps us alive, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at, it looks like Matthew Wade will play even though he has COVID, but didn't that just, of course, Murphy's Law hit us the moment we don't select a, a secondary keeper? Wade gets COVID. It just, uh, just was like, yep, of course that's happening. Um, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I can't pick. Uh, New Zealand, the way they played against us, Phenomenal. Leading into it, I would have said England, but now that I've seen them have a, a stumbling block, I'm, yeah, it makes me wonder. So, uh, and then you see India and, and just Coley. I don't know. I think Coley looks like he's very determined and almost like I'll, I'll do this. Come, just come with me, lads. Um, so maybe India for me have turned it around. Yeah, they look very much the team to beat with the way that they're batting and bowling is firing. Boomer's not even in the the squad. He's injured, so they've got an yeah. abundance of, of of talent and depth in their squad. Do they what? I mean, you talk about entertainment factor when you're watching cricket and, and that Indian-Pakistan um, game just, I don't know, there was the, the magic to do with the rarity of that game and then the way the, the way the result panned out and the way Coley delivered was just fascinating. Like, to have that last over go for 12 minutes, but that's laughable really, isn't it? 
Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And <laughs> some of these games are going for too long. And I know we say that yeah. there are overrate uh, issues in the game and there's punishment if you don't bowl your overs on time, but there's too much allowance has been given. But I don't want to start on that because I know Wayne will go off on, on a bit of a tangent <laughs> if we do. Uh, we spoke earlier in the week to Greg Turner uh, from the Melville Cricket Club and he mentioned your own involvement down there with the women's setup. Denny, um, how much are you enjoying that and, and still having an active role in the game? Oh, always, always enjoy it. I love, I love coaching, love working with the players. Uh, we've got a, a great bunch of, well, some very experienced players and some very young players. And I think for me, and Clarky will be able to speak to this as well, I'm really lucky in that I've got a great coaching group that we've got around us. So um, Carolyn Shepherd, or um, used to go by her name Bruff before she got married, um, she used to be my first fleet when we played hundreds of A-grade games together. So she's my assistant coach. So we've got the keeper first slip um, connection back and we've got the likes of Emma Biss looking at the bowlers and Jenny Owen looking at the spin bowlers. I don't know. We're just very lucky to have some players, past players who want to give back to the game and um, you know, hopefully our current players are enjoying what the coaching group are doing because we're enjoying you know, watching them play and have some success on the field. Well, we wish you success uh, at the Storm throughout the year and uh, hopefully some more success coming up for the Scorchers over the next few days in the women's BBL uh, competition. Thanks for your time this morning, Jenny. Good luck at the weekend. Thanks, guys. Jenny Wallace joining us here on Sports Breakfast. Uh, former Perth Scorcher and uh, Western Fury, as they were known at the time, wicketkeeper bat, and uh, she's, been, well, she's been a part of Sport FM for many a year.